Have we got an amazing episode for you on Revival on the Air today? I talked to Adrian, who I met more than 35 years ago when we both lived in the southeast of South Australia. I was in Mount Gambier and Adrian lived in a little town called Mount Burr, about 50 kilometres or about 30 miles away. Adrian tells of a notorious bushfire or forest fire event that happened across South Australia and Victoria in 1983 called Ash Wednesday. And this is no relation to the event with the same name that some Christians celebrate, not the Revival Fellowship. Years of severe drought and extreme weather combined to create one of Australia's worst fire days in a century. And within 12 hours of it starting, more than 180 fires were causing widespread destruction across the two states. It was the first time in South Australia that a state of disaster was declared. Ash Wednesday saw the largest number of volunteers called to duty across Australia at the time. An estimated 130,000 firefighters, defence force personnel, relief workers and support crews. In Victoria, 47 people died and 28 died in South Australia. This included 17 volunteer firefighters. Adrian recounts his personal experience of being a volunteer firefighter on that day. I won't spoil the story, but it's amazing. Enjoy. Adrian, welcome to the Revival on the air today. Thank you very much. We're in the Mount Gambier Hall. I've come down here for the weekend. Around about, I think it's nearly 38 years since uh, I first moved down here in 1983. It's a long time ago, isn't it? It isn't. It's a long time ago. (laughs) Now, you were already in the Lord. You already... I was at 81. 81 you came to the Lord, did you? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, about that. Well, I was... I used to go to the Worldly Church at Salvos. Yeah. And one day a brother witnessed to me and he said, uh, what do you think about this sort of thing? And he told me the Bible about speaking in tongues. Though so I did so-called Bible classes. Yeah. But we always tended to skip over all that sort of thing. And <clears throat> I said, oh, it's different. He said, well, why don't you come down and find out? And I said, well, I'll let you know. I was, I was quite happy going where I was cause, yeah. and all that kind of thing. I wasn't doing anything, we weren't doing anything bad in that way, but one Friday night, he come and banged on my door and he said, we're going fishing, are we? And I said, you look out there, it's blowing a gale, it's raining, drizzling. Yeah, but it's good down the beach, but we're going fishing. So, well, all right, we'll go fishing. So I sort of chucked a lot of clothes on because I knew it'd be cold out there. Yeah. And I said to the Lord, if you want me to go to... The following Sunday, that was a Friday, and if you want me to go to a meeting on Sunday, I'll have to catch a fish. I don't fish often, I can tell you. And I thought, mm, no, all right. So away we went. I didn't tell him or anything like that. So away we went. Went out on the jetty, stayed there for about an hour and a half, and he went in. He said it was too cold. He was freezing, he said. But I hadn't caught a fish yet. I said, Lord, if you want me to go, you better get a fish because I can't stay here much longer. It was getting cold. And within a few minutes or seconds, whatever it took, next thing there was a tug on the line, so I pulled it up and there was a little sardine about that big and I thought... So, so, that, so that big's about you know, four inches? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, not even enough for the cat, I thought. <laughs> but it was still a fish. It was a fish. So I went back and you know, went back home and the following Sunday we come down here. That was on a Sunday, yeah, and I walked in. And the moment I walked in, though I'd never been here, I felt at home as if I belonged, if I actually belonged here. Yeah, right. Wow. And I thought, and I looked around and we sang choruses, hymns, which most churches do, and similar anyway. And then when we got the word out, we opened the Bible up and we read the Bible. And believe it, 
and I looked and they all spoke about what was written in the Bible because where I went at the time, they would talk, they'd read the Bible or somebody would and they'd talk about what, whatever they wanted to do after that and I thought, well, not really in the Bible. And I used to sit in, because I was in the Salvation Army band at the time, and I used to look at him and I'd go, that's not on. <laughs> and I used to get told to be quiet because I'd, I'd disagree. I didn't care whether he was in the charge or not. I said, no, that's not right. Anyway, they asked if they could come out to my place Monday night. Bob Hutton and Brian come out if I remember right. And, they, and we had a bit of a chat and he said, do you want to, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? And both wife and I, Irene and I said, yeah, why not? If it's meant to be, it's meant to be sort of thing. I'm easy going, as you can gather. Yes. I'm fairly easy go. I, I do know that. <laughs> easy go. Takes a lot to roll me up. Anyway, I, I thought, yeah, fair enough. And at half past nine that night, kneeling in the body lounge, I received the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Yeah. Both of us. 40 years ago. And here you are 40 years later. (laughs) Yeah, 40 years later. (laughs) It wasn't long after, 83, I think it was end of February, I think March anyway, something in that time period, Ash Wednesday come along. Yeah, well, that was was a big one because we'd just moved down to Mount Gambia. We'd only been here maybe a month or two. Yeah, it was interesting. And for those that don't know, Ash Wednesday was a pretty major bushfire that spread across South Australia and Victoria. I think there were 28 people killed. In South Australia, a few CFA, CFA volunteers, etc. And you were in the CFA, or the Country Fire Authority at the time as a volunteer, weren't you? So tell us about that day. What happened to you? Well, it, was a, it could have been a Friday. Day doesn't really matter. It was on that day. It was a hot day. It was hot. Oh, that hot, I didn't really want to go to work. It was too hot to be underneath tin. Yeah. But you have to go and do your job and that was it. So I went to work. And uh, by about midday, I noticed it was getting hotter and hotter and, I, and then I noticed, I looked over, I was walked outside because I was working inside as well. I walked outside and it was starting to get pretty black out there. Next thing, the fire siren went and I thought, nah, must be a fire somewhere. So we usually tend to drop everything and go down to the, down to the, bo- just the end of the, end of the block sort of thing in the mill by the road. There's a fire truck there and we go down there and, Wait till we get a crew and then we go away, have a look. Anyway, that was all right. I thought, hmm. Next thing I noticed, the big siren was blaring again. And I thought, oh, it must be a major one, this one. But because they don't tell us, they never tell you too much them days. You just find out by word of mouth sort of thing. It yeah, goes right. along. Then we, we sort of thought about it and I thought, oh, I'd better go home. I said, I'm going home to see what Irene's up to for a start because it only takes me a minute and a half to get home. If I go the back way, it takes a minute. If the gate's open, I just come out the back and straight home. So that's how quick it is to get home. I could praise the Lord anyway. I went home and somebody actually turned up and took Irene to Mount Gambia. Yeah, because your your house, if I remember correctly, is right on the edge of the pine forest. Oh, yeah. So, oh, that's nothing. I didn't think much of that in. Yeah. <laughs> but all the houses are wood anyway, so if they're going to burn, they're going to burn. Yeah. They're all wood anyway, most of them. There's only about one or two that weren't. Anyway, I thought, yeah, all right. And I, she'd already gone, so the way she went, somebody picked her up and I thought, oh, well, take the car, I'll drive it by the oval, lock it and keep me pocket. And Then I went back to the fire shed, walked back to the fire shed, which was just down the road a bit, and they said, 
what are you doing? I was on a moped. Look at a little motorbike. Me little motorbike, 50cc motorbike. I did have a helmet on. Anyway, I went down there and they said, there's a house out the road about a kilometre. I said, yeah, I know who it is, Williams. Could you go out there and have a look? I said, what do you expect me to do? On your moped? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said, the fire, tra- the fire truck's driving around Mount Burr. Yeah, so Mount Burr's a little country, little yeah. country town sort of in the middle of forest, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a forest all around, yeah. except road going in, going out, sort of thing. And they said, the fire truck's driving around the bird patrolling. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't on it then. And I said, yeah, fair enough. So, well, all right, I'll go out in my moped. On the way out I went, and it was about out of town sort of thing, and my moped didn't like that because it was smoky, ash was going all directions, and you could see where the fire front actually comes through this side and that side. So sort of left and right, yeah, it yeah. Was just surrounding just the town. Around yeah. the town. It was, like you said, it was actually heading towards Kalangadoo and then eventually goes over the border, Tarpino, goes over the border into Victoria sort of thing. And I thought, oh, all right. I went out there and she was spluttering a bit. And I said, come on, Lord, you've got to get me out of here. I know we're walking that far. Yeah. <laughs> so got out there and, oh, I drove up the drive. Nobody there. I banged on the door. Back door was open. Screen was open. But the rest was shut, of course. No car, no nothing. And I thought, hmm. And I turned around and I looked and I thought, it was coming from that direction. The fire was, you could see it coming. Yes was if somebody drew a blind, black hair, white hair. That's how it was. It just moves like that. Oh, so it was, so it was sort of dividing. Yeah, sort of, yeah. You it, was day, it was daylight and dark, basically. Yeah, right. and it was just going like that, moving yeah. across. Yeah. Because the fire generates its own smoke and heat and dust and everything else that goes with it. And, it was, and I could hear it and I thought. What did it sound like? Like a locomotive. Yeah. Blaring its horn, but put about 10 of them together or 20. Yeah. And then just go, and it just rumbled like that. Yeah, right. Wow. Unbelievable noise. I never heard anything like it. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, I better walk around the house and have a look. And there were a few blinds, so I pulled them off and threw them in. There was fire burning around the house. Yeah. Bushes and things like that already. And so that that's not the fire front. No. Why were they sort of em- by embers, embers or whatever? Embers coming before. Yeah. They were just. Burning there. Yeah, so just an ember at lob and sort yeah, of set something on fire. Like, some, all this was dry. Yeah. Some areas were really dry. Yeah. Anyway, I thought, interesting. I walked around the house and I noticed something burning and I oh, I better get some water. I turned the tap on and nothing came. And I thought, well, that's different. So I thought, I looked at the tank. There was a tank on the stand, undone the tap. No water. No water. We're in trouble here, Lord. Yeah. You've got something to do here. <laughs> yeah. But I did find a little bit of water and I put it in the tin bath. Yeah. Better. Go a foot deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's all the water there was then. And I had two buckets, so I just splashed a bit here, splashed a bit there, just just enough to quieten it down. And I stomped my foot on it. And yeah. Just, to, just basically around the house. Then I thought, hmm. <laughs> But the fire front was still coming. I so could how, hear it and so see how it. far away was the fire front from where you were? I would say probably about, as a crow flies, about 10 k's. Yeah. It was still coming. Yeah. You could see it and yeah. you could hear it. Yeah. But this side had already gone. Yeah. And you look up there and all you could see was pine trees, stems. Right, okay. So it burnt completely burnt off. the whole pine front. Everything was just sticks standing yeah. in the ground. That's all that was left yeah. in that area. And I thought, yeah, it's different. 
it never really bothered me, but because I'd done a lot of training in the CFA, I was sort of in my say, probably blase, but in another way, I was sort of used to it anyway. I'd been to other fires yeah. and we didn't sort of overdo it too much. Because I'm easy going, you take it as it comes. There's no point in getting stressed about it because you can't do anything anyway. And then I thought, hmm. I walked around again a few times, just checked the house, nobody there, of course, and I thought, well, I better go back into town, I suppose. I can't do much more. So I thought, by that time, the front was getting really close. I better wait until it disappears over the top because it was virtually heading towards you. Yeah. I better wait till it disappears over the top. So I'd lay down and got a blanket. So you're about to head back into town, but the fire front's so close. Still coming. Yeah, you yeah. can see it. Yeah. And I thought, interesting, but I, I didn't want to go into the fire front, even on the road. Yeah. Because I don't know what's coming. Yeah. And fire trucks were they were around, but I didn't know where they were. Yeah, there's no contact with that lot. Yeah. So I found an old I found an old woolen blanket. Yeah. And I just wrapped myself around near my bikes in case I had to get a quick getaway. Yeah. My, then I thought, here we go, Lord. Yeah. And I had some prayer about it. I had me I left my helmet how, on. How fervent was your prayer? Real prayer because it was shocking. <laughs> I'd never been in a situation like this. Yeah. And I thought, gee, Lord, you're going to be busy. Yeah. Because I couldn't do anything. I had buckets, a few buckets of water, but that was all I had. I can't put a house out with that. Yeah. Anyway, that was all right. And got that. I laid down. Where I actually was, there was green grass. Obviously, I actually had an electric pump going yeah. out of the bore and watered that area in front of the house, basically, the area there. I went over the fire front, just roared over the top. Hang on, so you're laying on the grass. Yep, wrapped on the blanket. Where's your motorbike? Your motorbike's alongside of me. Right, motorbike's not alongside of you. You've got a woolen blanket wrapped yep. around you. Yep. And the fire front, this, this 10 freight train noise thing yeah. is coming It's just coming you. at you. Right. And there's no point now, well, because I had the training, there was no point trying to outrun it. Yeah. Because you never do that anyway. Yeah. And not only a little pup pup 50cc <laughs> thing that <laughs> didn't, didn't want to go anyway. <laughs> I didn't like the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it's Ben here and I'm here with my wife, Emily, and we'd like to tell you about the new podcast called He Says, She Says, God Says. It's all about marriages and relationships where God is at the centre. Everyone knows that marriages are under more pressure today than ever. So this podcast is designed to help you with both practical and spiritual content. We cover a different topic about marriage each episode and we look into the scriptures to understand what God's wisdom has for us as well as interviewing other couples who have been there before, what's worked for them, their challenges and how they overcome them, their experiences. So whether you're single and thinking about a relationship, newly married, married with kids or empty nesters, there will be episodes and topics for everyone. You can find it on your favourite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, etc. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just search for He Says, She Says, God Says or visit our webpage www.hesayssheesaysgodsays.com But anyway, I laid down. And it just roared over the top and then it stopped. The sound stopped completely. Right. And it just disappeared because it kept going. Because it kept going, right? So the yeah. fire front's just sort of continuing. Yeah, and I yeah. assume there's stuff burning around you. Yeah, the bushes burning and everything's burning yeah. and things like that. And then I got up 
thought, oh, getting the hot in my head. It was hot, I tell you. Because you still got your helmet on. I had my helmet on and I was getting hot in my head. Yeah. I took my helmet off and I thought, sweating here. Yeah. I went like that and the foam was starting to come loose from inside. So it was, the, thought, so it was the foam melting, not sweat on your head. Yeah, yeah, it was right. just starting to melt, I think. Yeah, right. And I thought, that's been not here. Yeah. So I dipped it in water and yeah. cooled it down a bit. And then I thought, now what will I do? There's not much point. And next thing, somebody did turn up, a fire truck. I actually seen him down the bottom of the drive. Yeah. And I waved to him. He turned up and I said, I'll go in the house, go in the manhole, yeah. check any ashes inside, yeah. burning, and other than that. And then eventually, I think, if I remember right, was... Her father turned up in a car yeah. and said, where's, you know, where's the, the daughter family, and the kids? Yeah. And I said, I heard, they told me that they went out on a on another road. In their car. Yeah, but they got caught in the fire. They didn't make it, did they? Yeah. So I found out after. Yeah, right. Wow. And then I rode back. It must have been pretty sobering for you to realise that the Lord had saved you because, you know, you're one of his and there was all these other people that, yeah. Just didn't make it. A lot of people didn't make it. Yeah. And cars are not a great place to be in a fire, but neither's lying on the ground. <laughs> neither's lying on the ground with no protection. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't think didn't even think about that because yeah. I didn't want to go in the house because it's not my house. Yeah. To be fair, I got the blanket out, but I, then I just shut the door. Yeah. Wasn't locked, so I just shut the door behind. Yeah. So I could keep an eye on it. And the fire truck turned up and they checked the house and yeah. put out a few bushes and that. Yeah. And then I thought I'd go back into town because I was there by myself. Yeah. Other than somebody turned up with the fire, another fire truck. Yeah. So I went into town, went back into the mill in town. Yeah. Timber mill. Timber mill. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder what's left. <laughs> Be interesting to see what's left in town. Because it's a mile away, so I don't see it. Yeah. So I went into town and they said, where you been? I said, well, you sent me out there a mile away. Is it still standing? Yeah. Oh, we expected that to be burnt to the ground. I said, no, not while I'm out there. So they expected it to be burnt to the ground. They <laughs> yeah, send yeah. you out on a motorbike, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, some of them weren't right, the leaders we had at the time. <laughs> But what they didn't realise is that they, yeah, were, sent, the they, were, they were sending yeah. you out there with uh, oh, the greatest him. power you've got. He said to me, how can we survive out there? I said, I had the Lord, so why should I worry? Because I knew the people, a lot of, I knew the workers there. Yeah. And then some of the things in the mill, they were putting spot fires out because yeah. ash was going everywhere, of course. Yeah. And then the bloke said, we could do with some rain, you know, that'd be handy. Yeah, all right. So I walked around the corner, yeah. had some prayer about it, walked back, and the bella said, rain? I said, yeah, it'll come in a minute, and it started to rain. Did it really? Yeah, only a little bit. Yeah. But you didn't And he said, I told you rain. I said, well, you didn't ask for how much. <laughs> so it did rain a little bit. Yeah. I couldn't believe it either. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't believe it. It did rain a bit, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Then we went around town later on in the afternoon. That was getting towards evening. Yeah. Had a bite to eat. I went home, had a shower because I had the old gas heater for the shower. The water was still flowing in yeah. the mains, but if, no power. But I had the old battery-operated gas heater, the Bosch heater, and at work with the batteries, eh? so I could light up and yeah. <laughs> my shower. And I was out of to have a shower, I think. The place. Smoke and dust yeah. and charcoal oh, and all the yeah. other stuff all off. Yeah. yeah, throw that out, wash it down with those, put it hanging on the line. 
then I thought I'd better walk around the house to see what was burnt because the ash was blowing around. Yeah. Oh, look at that. The child, the kids had a, a big um, trampoline. Yeah. There's a few holes in the trampoline. Where the, the sparks had gone through, obvious. Yeah. Then I looked on the line. Oh, there's a peg that's burnt. On the edge of the peg got burnt. <laughs> that's how much heat there was going around at the time. Yeah. But didn't really catch anything. Yeah. So I was quite impressed about that. Praise the Lord. And I thought, have a share, I'll grab something to eat. Then got on the fire truck because the others went home and it was the most eerie thing I ever saw. At night, we were driving around at night through the street, yeah. around a small town through the street. Yeah. And you'd see an odd light in a window. Yeah. But most people had evacuated by then. Yeah. Except those who decided to stay, which is nowadays they probably wouldn't let you, but them days they didn't sort of as long as we knew where the, what house you were yeah. and didn't go all over town because yeah. we couldn't find you otherwise in the dark that easy. You'd drive along and you'd see a light there and somebody's in there and I'd, because I was second in charge anyway, the captain, he disappeared. <laughs> what a hair out. No, it didn't bother me. Bang on the door, see if he's all right sort of thing. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, on to the next one. And go find the next one. And we drove around town and... We looked around back of the houses because you could drive there. We had four-wheel drive so we could go there. Then we looked, we looked around the back of the town. We found a few spots where the wooden fences had been charcoal yep. a bit and things like that. We just squared a bit of water. And I thought, yeah, it was interesting. And then eventually a day or two, day I think or later or something, I went to Mount Gamby, picked up Irene and come back home. And, and I left the car by the oval and they said, didn't that burn? I said, what for? It's around the oval. Fire-safe space, so they tell me. So I left the car there, <laughs> key in my pocket, and away I went. I can praise the Lord, you know, for that was probably in one way that was a major one. It's an amazing testimony. And, uh, mate, if you didn't have the Lord, we probably, we certainly wouldn't be sitting here right now, would we? I don't think I'd be here, actually. I don't think you would, mate. I don't think you would. <laughs> thank sure. you. Thank you very much for sharing it. That's all right. No problem. Cheers. I absolutely love Adrian's matter-of-fact, it's up to you now, Lord, attitude. What an amazing, miraculous story. If you want to hear more amazing, miraculous stories of what God has done in people's lives, we've got more than 50 other episodes in our back catalogue. Head over to our website, revivalontheairtoday.com, to find out more. Until our next episode, God bless. God bless.